today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. So that's roughly 2,000 more educators this coming school year, more teachers and better schools, and a curriculum that gets back to the basics by ensuring it is modernized, by ensuring that the government is constantly updating the curriculum to make sure it reflects the best evidence, the best research, and where the labor market needs are. That's uh, Education Minister Stephen Lecce, an announcement he made earlier this week. And, uh, you know, every time the government uh, says they're going to spend more money or revamp the education system or the curriculum, uh, well, first of all, it's always a photo op. They always seem to do that in a classroom, right? And the education minister is usually, you know, has to read a book to a couple of little kids there just to show that they, they really care about education. It's, it's, it's the pattern. And that's, that's, you know, this is the way they roll these things out. And, you know, they talk about the money that they're going to spend and how they're investing in education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but as always uh, with government announcements, there are two sides to the story. Uh, we want to talk about those changes they want to make to the curriculum, but we also want to talk about uh, funding for education uh, because we seem to be getting one story from the government and another from uh, people that are actually involved in delivering education to our kids. Uh, to talk about this, please do welcome back to the program, Karen Littlewood. Karen is the president of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. Karen, great to have you back on the show. Thanks so much for the time today. Oh, it's wonderful wonderful to be back on. Thank you. Well, let's talk about money, first of all, okay? And then we can talk about this math program that they're investing in, uh, so they tell us anyway. Uh, in the budget a little while ago, the uh, the finance minister talked about how they're investing in education. Mr. Lecce, Minister Lecce, uh, mentioned that again earlier this week when he talked about this. Uh, you and your members are on the front lines. You guys do the crunching of the numbers here about what's going on. Uh, is this government investing in education uh, in such a big way as, as they seem to be talking about? Well, when you factor in inflation to have $600 less in per pupil funding, I would say that is not an investment. So talk to us about that number, because, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to make numbers work for you. And, and politicians are great at that. But uh, when you break it down to how much is actually going into the education system and how much is going in per student, uh, it tells a much different story. Uh, that drop of $600 per student is, I, I, I'm assuming, very significant over the course of a year. It's absolutely significant. And when you uh, compare it back to 2018 as well, it's $1,200 less per pupil. But uh, this year alone is half of that $600 less per pupil. And so that is, <laughs> I, I don't know how school boards are going to cope, how they're going to um, have a balanced budget in order to start the school year. They are going to be very challenged. But bigger than that, it's a clear indicator of the government and um, their lack of investment in the students of the province. That's, that's what we really have to be focusing on. We could talk about numbers all day, but they have not committed to working on investing in the students of the province. Okay, but, and, and by the way, I know some people are going to say, well, those are the teachers, of course, they don't like their government. Yeah. Uh, and that may or may not be true, but that's, not, that's inconsequential here. Uh, these are numbers from the, the Financial Accountability Office, of course, and which is an independent body. It doesn't work for the government. They just, uh, uh, they analyze what the government's doing. And, and this government, uh, as, as that last report indicated, uh, Karen, are doing something with education it's very similar to what they did uh, with healthcare uh, about a year and a half, two years ago during the COVID, uh, the lockdowns and everything else. They are announcing spending, but they never spend the money. 
and, and so you can say yeah. you're going to spend a billion dollars on education uh, next week, but if you don't spend it, I mean, you know, you, you get the headline when you make the announcement about that. Wow, this is a government that really cares about education, but they don't, they don't, the money never filters through. Uh, and, and that's problematic because that rarely makes the, the news. People don't t- do that until you get an auditor's report or something like that. But it's, it's not helping the education system. No, it's not. So um, I'll point out, too, that there was $2 billion that came from the federal government for COVID supports during the pandemic, and they didn't spend that either. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a pattern in the beginning, and this is the pattern of this particular government. They come out with an announcement of an announcement of an announcement. We then get to work because we've not been consulted. We haven't had a heads up. We get to work looking at the numbers and find that it's really not an announcement and, in fact, can be a cut at times. But then they also really, they're the masters of distraction is what I'm seeing right now. Sunday afternoon or morning, they had a press conference. Uh, Monday, the minister spoke about it at Queen's Park. Yet quietly in the background, the grants for students needs were announced. No fanfare, no announcement. And that's because they didn't want people to notice that this is less money per pupil. This type of pattern does long-term damage to the education system of the province. Let's let's pretend it's a car. If you don't get your oil changed, you know what happens. You know, it might be okay for the first couple of years, but pretty soon you have a problem with your engine. And now it's a massive costly repair. Um, that's the, the pattern that this government is fo- following by not investing year over year and by continuing to underfund. That Financial Accountability Office predicts with great uh, evidence to back them up that by 2027-2028, there will be $6 billion less in education. I, I don't understand how that can be okay for a province like Ontario. And and this is you know going to filter down, of course. You know, then the boards are going to have to do their their budgets, mm-hmm. and they're going to have less money to spend, and going to have to make some tough decisions. Uh, and 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 this is where the conflict always seems to come in here. That uh, uh, you know, every every education minister that I've been talking to ever since I started doing this job, which is quite a few years ago right now, the first thing they always tell us, Karen, is all we're caring about here is what's best for the students. Uh, mm-hmm. But it seems more and more, especially in the last few years, especially here in Ontario, uh, that it's the bottom line that they're concerned about here. Well, Bill 89 that was introduced on Monday officially and announced on Sunday morning um, is supposed to be an education bill. It's really a real estate bill. It's talking about the fact that uh, excess schools need to be sold off because, you know, we can, we're the, the biggest real estate holding and we need to make sure that we're taking advantage of that. Okay, but how is this good for students? They did mention a thousand educators. I don't even know if that is is teachers. Educators are needed in the system too. But when you consider a thousand educators across a province like Ontario with 4,800 schools, how far is that actually going to go? 300 of them are supposed to be part of a math action team. I don't even know what that is. Like I'm picturing people with capes on coming into the boards and trying to fix things in one day. That It doesn't work like that. And that's not good for students. So, you know, I would ask the minister, what in that bill will be directly impacting students? They're, the bill is really more about, about money and finances, but not the supports that are needed for the students. Well, so let's talk about the math situation because it's always a controversial issue uh, when they get math, you know, the results. And we did this for years and years and years. Of course, you know, they do the testing at, at certain grades, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and some schools did very well, others did very poorly, and. Yep. 
we never really heard follow-up from the government about what they were going to do for the ones that were getting the poor grades. How did they help them? These are people that need a leg up, and, and it just seemed that any announcement uh, was, was just a kind of a one-size-fits-all, which didn't really address the real concerns within the system. Yeah, so the government is also, the minister talked about, you know, the 20% of schools that are consistently underperforming based on the EQAO score results. Well, those tests weren't taken during the pandemic. They were taken again last year for the first time. I don't really know that those numbers are valid when we're in the midst of a pandemic recovery. Uh, I don't dispute that there are issues in various areas of the province, but if we're only going to target that lower 20%, there's probably students in other schools who have needs as well. But we're not delivering education equitably across the province. There are different supports and services in different areas. And that depends entirely on boards trying to figure out the best way to meet the needs of their students. I was at a meeting in Guelph last night and their board took the tutoring money that was given to boards and they hired contract teachers to have direct support in the classroom. They've had success with that. What a great model. But that money is gone now. And that board has said, we're going to try and find the money somewhere else to continue with this because they believe in the needs of the students. Where is the government saying that? Have they said they believe in the needs of the students and that they're offering those supports? No, they're talking about selling off schools and we don't even know where the money's going to go for that. Well, we can imagine. Uh, And again, this has got to be news to the boards too, though, Karen. I mean, because the process used to be, it was the board that would make that decision whether or not a property was was Mm -hmm. going to be surplus. Uh, And uh, now it seems as if the government simply said, no, it's it's our call. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll decide what we're going to close. We'll decide when it's going to happen. And we'll decide where the money goes uh, for the sale, which inevitably is going to, I would imagine, go to some private development firm uh, for whatever they feel like doing there. I mean, I, I know we need housing. And, but yep. it just seems as if what the, the government's doing right now is everything is going to be geared towards getting buildings for houses. And we saw this happen. We covered this story. I'm sure you've heard it two weeks ago, uh, where privately run long-term care facilities are shutting down and selling to developers. Uh, that's good for if you're looking for a place to live. But if you're you know, a frail and elderly person looking for some place to live out your days, uh, it's not such a good story. And the same thing may be happening here with education. Well, it is. In fact, when you read Bill 98, they talk about the fact that some of these surplus schools could be sold off for long-term care. I'd like to remind the minister that there are very few um, elementary schools in the province that have air conditioning. So are we going to continue to have our our beloved elderly as well in those non-air conditioned buildings that are going to be retrofitted? It's it's really, I, I don't understand the methodology, but the biggest issue is when you don't consult with the people who are frontline, who are the stakeholders, who are working in the system, who know what's happening and what's needed. No, we're not going to ask for the moon and the star in the skies. We're going to ask for what's needed to be able to support students. And we're not being consulted on that. And as a result, people are leaving education. Um, The students need to have that support, but I'm not sure how boards are going to make it happen. Well, uh, I could say it's early days since this announcement was made, but I'm glad you guys had some time to do some analysis on this and and, uh, to address some of the real problems. Uh, But as these policies start to unfold in the next uh, couple of weeks and months, I guess, uh, we're going to have to have further discussions uh, about Mm -hmm. the impact it's going to have. Karen, I know how busy you are. Thanks for taking some time for us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so much. Thanks so much for having me on, Bill. We'll talk to you soon. You betcha. Karen Littlewood, who is the president of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.